Hey guys, welcome to my third episode of my podcast, and in this episode I will be talking about the Forbidden Zone. And before I get into the episode, um, I'm going to talk about what this episode is about. So in this episode, Jombie has found the map that his father's left for him, and they seek out to find out what is at this map, or what is at the coordinates on the map. And then you learn a little bit about um, the other characters, like you learn a lot about Rafe in this episode. And so, yeah, in this episode, mostly it is about John B. Uh, going out to where the coordinates on the map says and discovering what is at that location. Um, but before I actually get into the third episode, I'm going to talk about some season two updates that happened earlier this week. So the OBX uh, castmates posted something on Instagram and it was like these weird Instagram pictures were like they obviously were part of like something bigger um and like a lot of fans were trying to put it together into like one big picture and like they none of them really fit well and so uh later the OBX fan page or fan page the OBX Instagram page posted what the whole picture was and it was OBX uh season two and so this was the official release that season two is coming. And then Rudy, who plays JJ, posted the, the saddest video I've ever seen in my entire life where JJ's sitting on, like, with his, like, little light thing that says JJ. And he's just sitting um, on the on his surfboard in the middle of the night, like, out on the water. And then he captioned it, still waiting for my surfer buddy, and or something like along the lines of that. And it was so sad, because it obviously shows one, J, I feel like this shows that JJ isn't really close with the other Pogues anymore. Like, um, I kind of suspected something like this would happen, but I was also hoping it wouldn't, because, you know, I just, I didn't want it to happen, because I, I feel like JJ, I feel like the Pogues are all JJ has. And... This video just made me so sad, but it also kind of, it gets you um, assuming things about season two already, and I'm super excited. Um, So enough about season two updates. Let's jump in to the third episode of Outer Banks, guys. Okay, so first I'm going to start off with talking about why does Big John call uh, John B. Bird? Because I have no idea. I would like to know why. And I was trying to think of like theories as to why he would call him Bird. And I was like, it doesn't make... Like, I can't think of one that makes sense. I was like, maybe it has something to do with the Royal Merchant. But there's nothing about the Royal Merchant that's like about a bird. Yeah, I I couldn't figure it out. Um, If you guys have any ideas as to why Big John calls John B. Bird, you can tweet them at me. But... I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, it's just a question. Um, next question. What the hell was in Pope's pocket whenever they were... So in the, interesting, or in the beginning of this episode, they're like running away from the what ends up being like the janitorial people. And Pope jumps the fence, but he gets stuck. And there's like something circular in his pocket. And at first I was like, is that the compass? And then I was like, but don't they have the compass like later in the episode so pretty sure that is not the compass oh wait no john b already gave the compass back to freaking uh sheriff peterkin so i have no idea it was in post pocket that was weird 
And so whenever they got back home, they opened up the map, and on the map there's a drawing of a hurricane. Um, like, you know how whenever you draw hurricanes, just like the lines, why was that drawn on the map? If, you know, Big John's disappearance happened like nine months ago, what was with the hurricane on the map? It makes me feel like Big John was a time traveler, but he obviously wasn't because that doesn't make any sense. But I really didn't know what what was with the hurricane. I literally had no idea. Um, maybe Big John... I, the only thing that I can think of is Big John like put that there, you know, in case a hurricane happens because they do live in, um, in the Outer Banks. And he put the hurricane... Uh, the coordinates on there because they followed the coordinates on that map and there was a hurricane on it so I was thinking oh maybe Big John put the coordinates of where it would land if there was a hurricane coming from that direction just in case I can't think of anything else that makes sense so that's what I'm going with um and then so while they're looking at this map they're listening to a recording on a tape made by Big John before his disappearance and um then you can hear that there that a car pulls up to like pick up Big John, I guess, and then uh, he's like, "Okay, well, I'll see you on the other side." Who went to go pick up Big John? Is my question. I feel like it was Ward, but like it was dark, you know. I I was thinking maybe it was like that day that Big John like went to go see Ward and tell him that like he found it or whatever. But I don't know. I feel like it was Ward because, you know, it was really it was it, it looked like it was really late, but it might have also been really early because thinking about whenever um, John B went to go fish. Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. This is going to be a side note. I'm sorry if I sound like ill. I feel quite ill right now. I feel quite sick. My nose is like really stuffy and um, <clears throat> I don't know. I just I don't feel well. So if I don't sound well, I apologize. Uh, maybe I'll sound normal. I'm trying my very best to sound normal, but my nose is quite clogged. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Anyway, back to the tape. I think big. Uh, I think the day that Big John was recording that was really early in the morning, rather than really late at night. And he was gonna go out like to go fish with Ward or like wherever he went to, went out to go meet Ward because whenever John B and Ward went to go fishing, it looked dark out, but it was like just really early in the morning. So I think that was Ward going to pick him up, but I would like to know, like I'd like to learn who that was, you know, but I don't know. And then, so after that, like a few scenes after, uh, Key is talking about Sarah, but I realized this last night and I was thinking about like in the, previous episodes if she has said Sarah's name and up till now she has not said like she's not called Sarah like Sarah uh like even when they were going or whenever I only noticed because Topper and Sarah were going by in like the boat or whatever and Key doesn't say oh look there's Topper and Sarah it's like oh that's Topper and his girlfriend even though she used to be close with Sarah and then during the fight, um, she Key doesn't talk to Sarah, and at that and at the kegger, uh, Key's like, "What is she doing here? She doesn't call her Sarah." And I'm thinking to further episodes, she doesn't ever say her name. I don't know if that has any importance to anything, 
But I thought I found it really weird that she never said her name, and I was thinking maybe it's because like Sarah hurt her so badly whenever she like didn't invite her or whenever they had that big fight or whatever. I don't know. I don't know why Key never says Sarah's name, but found that interesting. Um, and next thing, Topper is such a liar, absolute liar. Oh my god, I. Uh, <sighs> That's all I have to say about that. I'm not going to talk about it, but Topper's such a liar. And, oh, my goodness. He's just... Since when does JJ work where Midsummer's happened? Like, since when? Um, so, at first... Um, at first, I didn't realize that that was where Midsummer's happened until, like, I don't know. It was a, it was a little while ago when I noticed, and... Like, I thought that they were just showing where Midsummer's happened, and, like, they panned to where JJ was working, but he works at where Midsummer's happened, which makes me wonder, how could JJ not have found a way out of the building if he works there whenever um, Rafe was, like, chasing him, trying to beat him up at Midsummer's? Like, I don't understand why he got, like, stuck in the bathroom. Thought that had something to do with that. I don't know why he got lost if he literally works there. And so when they're at, I don't know, it's a hotel. When they're at this hotel, uh, John B is talking about how it, it's on the high side, it's only 900 feet. And then JJ's like, yeah, that's doable. And then John B questions him how it would be doable when he literally just said it's not too deep. Why is he going against JJ when he literally basically just said the same thing as him, just not in the same way? And then, you know, JJ brings up that he can get the... Um, What's it called? What's that thing called? The underwater thing? I don't know what it's called. And then JJ brings up that he can get the thing underwater. But if John B didn't know that he was going to be able to go down there, I don't know why he said, shit, it's on the high side. It's only 900 feet. Like, John B, if you didn't have a way down there, I don't see why you said that in the first place. Okay, I'm about to go into a deep dive of a bunch of scenes that all happened back to back about um, how Rafe is... Uh, is treated by his father and others. So first I'm going to talk about how Ward tells Rafe to his face that the poke that he just fired, which is Zombie, is more trustworthy than Rafe. And if you really... And then he tells Rafe, like, you can go live on the cut if you're, like, going to keep it up with this attitude. And Rafe tries to, like, play it off like he's just, like, frustrated. But you can kind of see in his face he's a little upset by the fact that his father just told him something like that. And then Ward tells Rafe, now get up, I'm sick of looking at you. Like, I, oh my god. So, last night I was watching an interview. And in the interview... Uh, Chase Stokes, who plays John B, was talking about how the worst character in uh, The Outer Banks is Rafe. But I really disagree because if Ward didn't treat Rafe like the way he did or the way he does, like just putting him down, never really paying as much attention to him as he does like Sarah, I feel like he wouldn't have become the person he did. Because he's just trying to get his, like, dad's recognition. And so, I have to agree very strongly with Chase Stokes and say that I think the worst character in the Outer Banks is Ward. Um, Because he just, he treats Rafe terribly. 
he literally tells him that he trusts a pogue more than him and we all know how Rafe feels about pogues and this probably fueled his uh hatred towards pogues and towards John B because his dad said that and his dad just tells him that he's sick of looking at him and tells him to go make himself useful someplace so oh poor poor Rafe and then after that he goes to his drug dealer's house which is Barry um and then when he's there he tells Barry he should have worn a wife beater and then um Barry tells him you can have beat nobody Rafe which is very ironic considering he literally killed or he supposedly killed Sheriff Peterkin I refuse to believe that she's dead but whatever um we'll talk about that later though um so I think it's very ironic the fact that Barry said that considering he literally ends up shooting Sheriff Peterkin and in a later episode um and then in the whenever it's right before that conversation with Barry happens uh Rafe is going into Barry's house and at 12 40 we don't know it yet but that guy who tells Rafe to pop his collar that is JJ's dad um you know we we didn't know it the first time but after the second time I watched it I was like oh my god that's literally JJ's dad shut up he's going to buy coke from Barry and then later we find out that uh Barry sells coke to JJ's dad because he talks about it whenever they're like beating up Barry by the car or whatever so yeah thought it was relevant to mention in case you didn't know that JJ's dad made a small little appearance before we knew it was JJ's dad I thought that was pretty cool in my opinion but yeah um another mention about Pope's personality Pope doesn't want to do anything illegal you know um he they're looking at like the coordinates on the um on the computer or whatever and he he like is talking about how he doesn't want to go get the um the little thing that goes underwater because it's illegal and it's technically stealing and like whatever and so that's relevant to mention because Pope doesn't want to do anything illegal and you know circumstances changes and his opinions change later on as well and then when they're at um what's it called when they're at the it's not a warehouse is it the warehouse Whenever I say warehouse, I think of the warehouse guys from the office. So I'm just getting my brain real confused. But wherever they're going to go get that thing that goes underwater, um, they're talking about how um, Jombie got rejected by Key. And let me just say, JJ1 looks very happy at the fact that um, Key definitely like rejected Jombie. And then Pope says maybe she's into somebody else. And I'm pretty sure Pope said that, meaning maybe she's into me. And they all just look at Pope like, are you fucking crazy? Like, what's wrong with you? Which I think is, like, so sad because I I feel like in that moment they were like, are you kidding me, Pope? She doesn't like you. You know, but Pope had a little bit of hope. And, oh my god, that kind of rhymed. Wow. When I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, I think Pope was just like a little hopeful that Key did like him. And so that's why he said that. And so after that, you know, uh, the guy like goes back to... Because he hears his dog barking. And then JJ pulls out his fake excuse. Or not re- it's not really fake, but it didn't happen, you know? But, oh my god, the first time I watched it, I really felt for JJ. Well, like, I still I still feel for JJ, you know, obviously because I knew it was true. 
but just hear me out for a second. When I first watched it, I really felt for JJ. I was like, oh my god, no, JJ, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this about you. And he starts crying, so I was like, oh my god, mm, poor JJ. And then he walks away, and he's just fine. One, incredible acting, both from Rudy and JJ. Like, wow, absolutely immaculate. It was amazing. But also, I was like, oh, his dad doesn't abuse him. I feel like this made the audience like feel so much like a uh, sympathy towards JJ. And then all just to find out that, oh, like that's not true. He's lying. And it's like, oh, okay, well then what the, what the hell? Um, I guess JJ's just really good at lying. And then we find out in episode five that his dad really is abusive and all those feelings. And then you remember... Um, what happened like with him lying about his dad being abused or him talking about his dad being abusive and us thinking that it was a lie um it all just kind of came comes up again in episode five and you just really feel for jj and oh my god poor jj god jj deserves the world in season two he really does um and after that it is at the party that sarah went to um or the last relevant thing. there, And then Topper is forcing Sarah to jump off the roof. And then he later gets upset about Sarah not wanting or changing her mind about, like, doing it. And, God, I hate Topper with everything in my soul. I hate Topper. Um, you know, I mean, the end, he kind of pulls through, but, like, in a really weird way. But, oh, my God. Why is he trying to force Sarah to jump off the roof? What does she gain from that? What does he gain from that? Also, not a very respectable boyfriend. And also, he claims he loves Sarah, but he gets upset with her whenever she doesn't want to do it. And if you really love someone, you're not going to do that. So, Topper needs to learn what actually loving someone is like. And not in a weird way. Because he, he loves Sarah, just in a very weird, like, obsessive type of way. I don't understand, like, why he's like that with her, you know? I don't know. But, yeah, Topper forces Sarah to jump off the roof, which is not very great boyfriend material, if you ask me. So, something I forgot to mention earlier, you know, when Rafe went to go pick up the coke at Barry's, is about his his drug use. We learn about Rafe's drug use in this episode, which is very important to know because, you know, it has a lot to do... It's, like, a huge part of his character and everything. And so, um, in this episode, we learn about that side of Rafe. And, you know, it makes you wonder what... I at least made me wonder, when did he start doing coke? I'm assuming he started with, like, something smaller, just like weed. You know, because later you see him and he's smoking, like, out of a bong whenever he's, like, at whosoever house, whenever he got kicked out. Um, and you, I'm pretty sure, I'm just gonna say, I'm pretty sure he started drug, um, his drug use because, because he, he felt like he didn't really have anything going for him, you know, at home or anything. And then whenever he's doing, like, the line of coke with all these other people, uh, why did Topper do the line? Like, he was barely peer pressured into it, but he just did it. Oh, what, Topper? Because your girlfriend doesn't want to have sex with you, you're going to go do a line of coke. Like, okay, it's a very, like, bad drug to get into, and you're just going to do it. Like, okay, I don't understand why Topper did the line. I really don't. 
Um, and then after that, it cuts to, like, all the pogues, and they're, like, um, going to Key's dad's, like, restaurant or whatever. Um, and then you learn that Key goes to the Kook Academy, but that she doesn't get along with everyone there and that she tried. Um, so it, we, this is important because we need to know that Key goes to the Kook Academy. And so she obviously, like, sees all these people, like, every day in school. Like, all the kooks and everything. But, so, this might explain why she has some sort of, like, not relationship, because it's not like she's friends with everyone, but she definitely knows everyone. You know, everyone knows who she is, and everyone knows her, because she's, like, the one kook that hangs out with the pokes. So, that was kind of relevant to mention, and oh my god, we're gonna talk about the music again. I'm, like, a broken record at this point, and I'm probably so annoying, but the music, oh my god, it's so good. It is so good. Like, absolutely amazing. Um, I just need to talk about it again. I love the music in this show so much. And then, you know, while the amazing music is playing in the background, John B and Key are dancing. And Pope looks so sad. Like, absolutely, like, broken. He looks so sad that Key is dancing with John B and not, um, not him. Uh, I don't under, I, I also don't understand why Key decides to dance with John B, you know? I don't know. I feel like there's still a little tension after he kissed her and she um rejected him so i don't know why she decided to do that um next thing peter i'm pretty sure peter can knew like it cuts to them like on the boat where the fishermen caught the the dead bodies i'm pretty sure peter can knew the minute she saw the bodies that it was ward who did it i'm almost positive because she had like this look of fear on her face and like confusion as to why he would do something like this um so i'm pretty positive peter ken knew who killed those guys the second she saw the bodies and it really just says a lot about like ward like if peter ken knows that ward did this like he he has to just be an absolutely terrible person behind closed doors okay next thing why does sarah know where john b lives she goes to his house to, like, say something, and then, like, I don't understand why Sarah knows where John B. lives. It's not like they're friends. Like, the only thing I can think of is that um, his, uh, her dad went to John B.'s to talk about him, like, the CPS thing, or the D- the DPS thing, um, and because Ward told John B. that he would help him with everything and we let find that find that out in the next episode um or was it the episode before shit i can't remember yeah no it was the episode before uh sorry guys i'm like blanking so hard right now because it's been a few days since i uh recorded the last podcast um the last few podcasts so i'm a little like out of it right now um but, so why does Sarah know where John B. lives? And then it cuts to Top and Rafe on the golf course. And I think this is the first time we see Topper show any sort of, like, sympathy. Not sympathy, I guess, but, like, 
just not wanting to be as much of a douche. It's the first time we see this of Topper. Um, because Rafe is talking about how he wants to mess with Pope. Or not really talking about it, but like implicating that he wants to mess around with Pope because he showed up and that he does, he's not a member. He, he They held a gun to his head. Which, by the way, I don't know why Rafe is taking that out on Pope because it's not like Pope was the one with the gun. Anyway. Um, and then Topper's just like, no, let's just go get your ball, man. Like, I don't want to mess with it. And Rafe just does it anyway. And then whenever, like, Topper, like, top one, in the middle of, like, Rafe beating up Pope, Topper is just like, yo, Rafe, like, cut it out. And then, you know, Rafe won't stop. And this is also the first time we see, like, true aggression um, from Rafe. Like, we've seen him frustrated and everything, but, like, we've never seen Rafe, like, in this light up until this point. And it's a very important scene because we learn how Rafe is and that he obviously has anger issues. And so he, on top of everything else that he's got going on, his dad doesn't trust him. Um, he has addictive tendencies. He is very aggressive. Like, I feel like everything that ended up happening at the end was just, like, kind of obvious if you really look into what Rafe is like um and so yeah this is the first time we see Topper like not wanting to mess with the uh with the Pogues or Pope specifically and then after Pope gets beat up Pope goes to sink Topper's boat and in that scene Pope dives in the absolute worst way possible like if you go to where he's diving in to like go sink the boat why did he jump in like that? Like, genuinely do not understand why he thought that would have been a good idea. It was absolutely terrible, but you know what? Kind of fits Pope. It was a Pope-fitted dive, I guess. Um, okay, we're going to talk about how Kiara asked John B. if he had told um, JJ if they had kissed. And... Why would be why would Kiara be asking if uh John B told JJ if she didn't like JJ? You know? Like I don't understand why else would be the reason. Like if she just wanted to know if like the others knew, she would have said, Did you tell JJ and Pope? But she just said JJ guys. She just said JJ. But I'm pretty sure it's because she has a little thing for JJ, but at the same time, I don't know, it's really confusing. Um I don't know. I would genuinely like to know why the writers put that in. Like, even if it wasn't, like, because Kiara likes JJ, I would genuinely like to know why that was put in there. But I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Or anything that would have to do with uh, Kiara not liking JJ, I would like to hear your theories because I, I really can't think of anything. Like, I can't think of why the writers would put something like that in. All for Kiara to just not like JJ. Okay, one of the last things I'm going to talk about is going to be the beautiful shot of their shadow after they like go surfing and whatever. Um, that I just, that shot is amazing. It was so beautifully executed, and it I don't know. It just it gave off like such summer vibes, you know. And it was amazing. That that was probably my favorite like whole shot of like the whole show it was so good and I love the way that you can just you see their shadows so perfectly formed it was amazing I loved it and then last thing I'm going to talk about is um how I didn't notice this until like just now 
But, like, for the, at the very beginning, you know, they're talking about the introduction of, like, everyone and, like, talking about uh, who's who. But in the introduction, it cuts to a bunch of clips of, like, everyone and they're all future clips, like, throughout the show. I didn't notice that until, like, last night when I was watching the episode. So, yeah, I just thought I should tell you guys that. And that is all I have for this episode, guys. I am done with the third episode, and, um, god, uh, this episode, it felt, I felt like it was really short, but I, I think it's, like, the same length as all the other episodes that I've recorded, but it, I don't know, it just felt really short, I didn't find a lot, like, too interesting in this episode, like, or not, not interesting, I mean, like, not, I didn't find anything too, like, important or anything that's really foreshadowing I think the mo the more important things I found in this episode was that um like the character you're learning a lot more about Rafe in this episode like you learn a lot about him I think that's really important to the whole show but other than that um nothing too major happened in this episode but we are getting slowly to the more uh crazier episodes and next week we'll be talking about episode four of outer banks and i'm so excited to start jumping in because episode four is actually one of my favorite episodes of the whole show and i can't wait to talk about it with you guys thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast my first episode came out this past friday and it is getting a few listeners right now and i'm really excited because the listeners are growing every day and I'm super happy that you guys are enjoying it and um yeah uh I can't wait for season two and the more updates that are to come I will make sure to be talking about them in every episode as they come even though they'll probably be like old updates for you guys by the time the episodes come out but um yeah I'll make sure to try to keep y'all updated as much as possible um I hope you guys have a great rest of your day or night or whenever you're listening to this I will see you guys next week to talk about episode four of Outer Banks. Mm-hmm.